The views and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of staff and management of IntraVision Communications. Welcome, welcome. This is impossible for America. People seem to be more in touch with the city. They're more respectful for what's going on. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. Rising fast, going with the flow. He's doing good. He's got his looks. I don't know what else to say about him. On Talk Radio 1150. It is a brand new week. A brand, brand new week. And you know what it means on Monday. Monday means Critical Thought Monday. And uh, a lot of stuff to be critical and thoughtful about, um, particularly with the president's visit uh, here to El Paso, to Fort Bliss. And we're going to be getting into this in a second here. Now, last week, I promised you Chris Bailey, and he's made his trek all the way back from Hawaii. I mean, last week, I kept announcing you, Chris, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, he's in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. I had <laughs> mentioned it in passing the week before, and I don't think... Uh it registered. No, I didn't I, register. It's like, oh, what? Where is he? But, I had a great trip. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, it sounds, wonderful. and your voice shows how great it was. I it mean, was you, incredible. You're a little hoarser there. Yeah, um, it was incredible. We had a, a great time. I went out there to visit my girlfriend, and uh, we traveled all over Oahu, uh-huh. and uh, she showed me the, the whole island. We had a great, great time. It was amazing. That's Absolutely awesome. Absolutely amazing. That's awesome. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. I wish I could head out to Hawaii. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, you know, like, while you were gone, a lot of things started happening, a lot of things developing That's here. That's what I hear. President Obama's coming tomorrow, Chris. Yeah, I know. President Obama comes tomorrow, and the thing about it is, is this. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that he's coming over. All right, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm kind of glad he's beginning to put that spotlight a little bit on El Paso, particularly on uh, Fort Bliss and the immense amount of work that Fort Bliss does when it comes to uh, combat missions such as what we were engaged in in Iraq. And for him to choose Fort Bliss, I think is great. He, the, the thing is this, though. A lot, of, a lot of details are starting to come out that, that make me just, I guess, frustrated and, and not, not anything against. I mean, it's just... He's coming to El Paso, first of all, for his first visit. It's his first time coming. Right. Uh, it's not open to the public. Uh, public cannot enter the event. Uh, secondly, it's his first visit to the area. And, and it's kind of interesting how two things are juxtaposed. He's marking the end of combat in Iraq. But there is a surge in violence immediately to the south of Fort Bliss. Yep. And, and uh, so it's like the end of combat in Iraq... But will he talk about the various ongoing south of the border? And the reason I mention it is this, is because this is his first visit to the area. So it's not like, you know, he's talked about this before. He's only mentioned our community once before, and that was during the, the, the murder of uh, the, the consulate, you know, employee over on the Ciudad Juarez side of the border. That's the only time he kind of made mention of our community. Other than that, the president has been relatively quiet when it comes to violence in Mexico. Well, yeah, and I think to a certain degree, Hector, what you – a lot of people and what I've heard – and I actually disagree with the stance is a lot of people are saying, well, look, Obama's got a lot on his plate. He's trying to end the war in Iraq. He's got Afghanistan going on. He's got a – what we now know, a clandestine war that's being fought over in North Africa and the Sinai Peninsula and Yemen, places like Ethiopia and Somalia, uh, what they're calling surgical – a surgical strategy or a scalpel strategy. But the – Major issue, and this is why I disagree with it. There may be a lot of issues on his plate, but this is 
right across the border. This drug war is directly across the border. It is imminent. It is. It is imminent, and it is extant. It's, and there have been bullets that have landed on this side of the border, albeit there have only been a couple of shots that have made it over. City Hall got hit, and UTEP got hit. So the, I, I think the idea is that there has to be something done, and when you're silent on that issue... For how many? I mean, when did this drug war start? Oh, it's been going. You no, know, it's for been going on for years some time. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably date it as far back as maybe Nixon when he began his his whole, you know, every president, virtually every president has been silent when a drug war in Mexico is broken out. I mean, there's been kind of condemnation outside of D.C., but no one's really come to the border to see what's going on. And, and I I would ask him, look, you know, don't go to Camp David. Or don't go to Martha's Vineyard for vacation. And you know, that's, come with here and see what it's well, like. And that's one of the things that I've been that I've been kind of pondering myself. This whole question of uh, bringing the national media here. I mean, the, the national media will be here. I yeah. mean, if 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 anything, we will have a few anchors here and there reporting live from Fort Bliss. Again, this is not open to the public, so it continues to send a message from the White House in terms of our community and what we're dealing with. Uh, from what I understand, look. Press credentials are going to be tight. It's not like all of our locals are going to be able to go in there and ask questions and, and have Darren Hunt and other people like Jaime or whatever go directly to the president and ask questions. It, it'd be great if they could, but right. they won't allow I'm pretty sure it's going to be tight. It's going to be him getting off the plane, maybe giving a speech, uh, a quick tour of the installations, if that, and then he's out. And, and so for me, it's more of a question of, okay, this is now a, a a whole message that is being built by the White House about, uh, you know, I, it's almost like they're sending a message, an indirect message to the community that they would not like to address the issues, the national and international issues going on with our community. But, hey, we'll use El Paso when it comes to Fort Bliss because it, it's a great place for the president to give a speech. I think that given the incoming elections the November elections that are coming up, that is quite possibly one of the worst mistakes he could ever make, is to be silent on that issue. I think it, he has to get out in front of it. He has to address it. And I think that not allowing uh, local press or, or even the public to come in and talk to him would be a big mistake. The, the uh, opportunity to gin up some measure of political capital on behalf of the Democratic Party, especially coming into the November elections, mm -hmm. Any opportunity you can, they're up against the ropes right now. There's no question about that. Sure. They're up and, against the ropes. And, and there's huge issues. I mean, you're talking about up against the ropes. There's huge issues facing the president when it comes to the the geographic areas that include El Paso. I mean, let's talk about the Southwest and in a greater uh, in a greater sense, you know, uh, the whole question of, of immigration. You mm -hmm. and I have been talking about SB 1070. Absolutely. The, the president did not come out. Uh, personally, he he handled everything through the Department of Justice. Justice now, granted, right. the, you know now we're having a uh, a whole talk and uh, bit of of information coming out from the White House as to how they are pleased that certain aspects of SB 1070 mm -hmm. got struck down. But at the height and at the peak of racial tensions, the White House stayed quiet. Yeah, and 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 that was one kind of notch that the community was looking for the president in terms of leadership. The, the leadership was not there. Violence continues in Mexico and and continues to surge in communities like ours. And uh, you know, then 
Again, the president has, we had an entire state visit, an entire state visit by President Felipe Calderon. Mm -hmm. The president, again, stays mute on the topic of uh, the, the war along the border. And right. so with all of those things going on, um, you know, things that things that play out in my mind are, why does the president actively make an effort to, I guess, not talk or not pay yeah. attention to i mean i'm obviously thinking out loud and it's it's kind of hard to choose my words because it's not like i mean it's not like i would uh, i want to just completely destroy the president i want to have a substantial conversation but the point is this the president is not addressing a major demographic when it comes to the future and it's the demographic of latinos in america it's it's cities and places like el paso and up along up and down the border that are dealing with violence right. and and this is a great opportunity for him to court that and at least give people access to the to the speech from the public at least build some of that that pr but he's not doing any of no, that no he's not I, you know and you've identified a political sphere with regard to that there is a, a political the political component involved in the domestic I guess uh, the the domestic platform that that the Democratic Party in general, being led by President Obama, has with regard to this uh, this situation in Mexico. But there's also a strategic component involved as well, and it has to go beyond just Plan Merida. It has to go beyond that. We have to be willing. And I don't think they're ready for it. I don't think they are. I mean, I, I mean, not even. I mean, and here's the other thing. It'd be great if we could. It'd be great if we could have a, a substantive discussion, even in even in our own community, about it. But but there's there's such an unwillingness to deal with mm -hmm. the issue. I mean, it's a, it's a why it's a messy that, issue. Why it's a messy yeah, issue. I was going to say, why do you think that is? And it is a messy issue. But it's it's something that I think those kinds of conversations, the ones that are hard to have, the ones that are difficult to address, the ones that are messy, are precisely the ones that we need to be talking about. Let me go straight to the phone lines. Let's go to Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing there, Hector? How you doing there, Chris? Good. It's good to hear from you, Dave. Yeah, thank you, sir. In El Paso. And, uh, and I just got I just got word uh, right now, about five seconds ago, off the golf course, the commander just, I mean, the colonel just denied me uh, my press credentials. <laughs> and I, and I, I, only had, I only had three questions. But, 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 you're, but you're, you only you're, had three you're, questions. You're a great member of the press there, Dave. Right. I mean, you're an I, active I, contributor to KHRO. I mean, I, I would him, assume. I gave my question personally to the, you know, to the, you know, to his, uh, to his aide and everything. I said, here's three questions. He said, okay. He said, okay, Dave, three questions. What is it? I said, okay. Uh, are you, are you from, on this? I said, question number one. I said, Mr. Obama, I said, uh, the, uh, let, me, let me get this straight here because I'm looking at my notes here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the MOVE Act. It was implemented 10 uh, months ago, and uh, what it is, it gives a 40 days, uh, days in advance notice to states to give the opportunity for our veterans overseas, soldiers, to, to be able to vote. Right. And since uh, then, uh, the, uh, this administration has granted waivers to Washington, Maine, Rhode Island, and Delaware, which are heavily Democratic, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, can you please explain? Uh, question number two. I think it's a fair you, question. Uh, question number two. Why did you uh, stop the prosecution of the main character involved in the U.S.'s cold case? Hmm. Uh, and now on its 10th anniversary, and this has been the third time you've done it, and where's our VA hospital? Question mm -hmm. number three. Mm -hmm. So he told me, he said, get in your car and get the heck out of here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave, no one wants hard questions, Dave. And I think all of those are fair questions. I mean, to be to be very honest with you, I think they're all fair questions. Well, uh, well to, uh, to give credit to this administration, uh, Colorado tried to get out of it by saying uh, they were not able to uh, they wanted a waiver on the MOVE Act. That right. Had, mind you, this is a 40-day, 40 days in advance. You, you send out the absentee votes uh, to our, because he's talking to our troops. So I right. And I'm, you know, but uh, how, how can you explain that you've just granted a waiver to Washington, Maine, Rhode Island, and Delaware, which are very heavily Democratic? So mm-hmm. that means that if you're from Washington, Maine, Delaware, and Rhode Island, if you're listening for Bliss, forget about your vote. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Wow. Well, Have a nice day. Well, thank you for Thanks, the call. Thanks, Dave. Dave. I, 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 I'm not going to play golf on Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You see, but that's the sentiment, Chris. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think Dave's alone on this one. I, no, I think and I, I think El Pasoans are going. Well, whoop do you do? The president's coming here. Well, but what does that mean to me? Part of and the, I'm not sure that I can answer that. Part question. of the thing that I'm concerned about too is the way that the public is going to receive. Like, for instance, Dave. Dave asked some very pointed and very real questions, and I think they're very fair questions. And one of the I, I, I want to kind of warn people off of, you know. I guess turning it into a straw man, oh, well, that's something a Republican would ask. No, it's something we should all be – those are questions I think we should all be asking. Right. Why are we handing waivers to these states? Why, where is the vets, uh, the VA hospital? You know, Why are individuals who happen to be abroad or out of state for not able to vote absentee in their own state elections, in their own elections? That's a really good question. And I don't think it's one that people can answer. No, and I think Obama, the Obama administration in particular, should be held accountable for that. And I think those are the kinds of questions that should be fielded at a press conference. Folks, we're going to continue this discussion, 915-880-4376. We want to know, how do you feel about the president's visit tomorrow? Not very many people are talking about it, and the president's kind of blowing us off. We'll be back. Talk Radio 1150, your financial news source with CNBC Financial. I'm Stephanie Shelton, CNBC Radio. Stocks sold off on very low volume ahead of the Labor Day weekend. The Dow fell 140 to 10,009, NASDAQ down 33 to 2119. And as a group, the financial stocks are officially in a bear market. That's down 20%. For that matter, half of the S&P 500 companies are officially trading down 20% or more from their 52-week highs. Crude oil closed 47 cents a barrel lower at $74.70. Traders virtually ignored the July report on consumer spending, showing it rose 0.4%, much better than in the past five months. And the FDA says that there are sanitation violations at Wright County Egg. That's one of the Iowa farms, which also tested positive for salmonella, but not until after it and a second farm recalled half a billion possibly tainted eggs. I'm Stephanie Shelton, CNBC Radio. Everyone knows that GEICO could save you money on car insurance. You'd have to be living on Jupiter not to know that. Want to talk discounts? GEICO's got a list of discounts as long as a gorilla's arm, including good driver discounts, multi-car discounts, and discounts for auto safety features. In short, GEICO's out to save you as much money as humanly possible. Scratch that. As much money as inhumanly possible. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you hundreds on car insurance. 
Sam's Club Plus member, Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only, your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook, $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values. A benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Savings made simple. Supplies are limited and may not be available in all clubs. One item per membership, no rain checks. Irish football begins September 4th. Hi, this is Don Cricky, voice of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, reminding you to catch Notre Dame football this season on KHRO Talk Radio 1150. For America. This is huge. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. Talk Radio 1150. We are back, folks. Engaged in a critical thought Monday discussion with Chris Bailey here and all of you regarding the president's visit tomorrow. I mean, a lot of people have decided to remain mute about it. In fact, not very much, not a lot of hoopla going on uh, much about the president's visit. Maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that he is not allowing the uh, public to be a part of this whole event. And secondly, this is going to be a very, very tightly controlled event. I mean, uh, there will be live coverage from what I'm being informed of here by Jaime Abetia. There will be live coverage of the President Obama's visit to El Paso on Talk Radio 1150 AM. Uh, he will be calling into all of our shows with updates uh, throughout the President's visit to the Sun City. And uh, he plans to have continuous coverage uh, on our Internet platforms, both Twitter and Facebook, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But I, I, I wouldn't hold your breath, folks. I mean, I wouldn't hold your breath. I, I, it would be awesome if Jaime could get an exclusive with the, with the President. But, you know, I, I won't hold it, my breath. I mean, the, given how the president well, and they, the White House acts at these kinds of yeah, events. Jaime is notorious for asking tough questions. I mean, he asked really tough questions. And I, I actually watched, uh, he posted a video recently of, of uh, the uh, police, um, I guess it was the police union's press conference. And uh, they were asked to leave um, <laughs> and were accused of, I guess the police officer had said that they had been blackballed, but the only reason I can think of that happening is because Jaime asks really tough questions of individuals, and he, he I mean, they're really pointed and incisive. Right. And, and see, for me, that's, I'm ha that's what I'm having the issue with, and uh, I, I think a lot of other El Pasoans are going to have an issue with that. Why can't we interact with the president? Why can't we have our own, uh, you know, questions about security it's not like we're look i know what some people will say look hector there is a difference between local politics national politics mm -hmm. and international politics the problem with all of this is is that el paso is in the cross sector of all of those three that's right we are dealing with a city a space uh, of of our country a, a location in our country that yes is involved with the whole you know calling the end to combat in iraq because of fort bliss but we're also involved in international politics because right. of the surge of violence to our south and immediately to the south of fort bliss what kind of storyline are the people in the press over at the white house expecting here locally there's a huge storyline here end of combat in iraq mm -hmm. beginning of combat in ciudad juarez in mexico right. with our with our sister city, city. and neighbor country right. i mean 
there's a lot of who's just fired 10 percent of their police force by the way and so 30,000 30, police that. officers <laughs> have been fired i did not know 30,000 across the board 10 percent that's huge and, and that kind of dialogue needs to happen. Now, a caller, and I'll get to Hank and Ron here in a second, a caller called in and said, hey, well, is the president saving this for, for, for ammo, for political ammo in the future? Right. And going to reserve his statements on the drug war? Um, I, I wouldn't think so, because if the president really was saving it for ammo politically, he'd be setting the stage as having done something about this by yeah. now, or at least having had the discussion well, with some people. If by you now. look at political cycles, as far as ginning up political capital, it usually happens in three-month swings. And we're three months out from the election. He's a day late and a dollar short if he's going to use this to gin up some capital for the elections. I think yeah. he doesn't want to address it until after the November elections. And that... Maybe a tactical decision, but I don't think it's necessarily the smartest one. And yeah, and I and I think it continues to disenfranchise the Latino community uh, and the Hispano community in the United States. Let's go straight to Ron. Ron, welcome to the show. What's going on? Doing today? How you doing? Today? Good. We're it's doing good to hear right, from Ron. you, Ron. You hear that silence because of us intelligent people would like to sit back and hear what he's got to say before we end up being critical of him before the incident even takes place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of talk show pundits and everything jumped all over the president on every little bit that he could possibly come up with. I mean, you know, no matter what he does, he's not going to be right. And now we're second-guessing him prior to the event, sounds like, from you guys' standpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, Ron... You know, on, do you have text of what he's going to say? I, we do not I, have I can tell you flat out, Ron, that given his trend and what he's done as president and the promises that he's made. Excuse me. Do you have text on what he's no, going to say? No, excuse me. I the think that the track record for Obama has been established. I think it's been. You know, jump, jump, jump the gun and be critical of him. Ron, Ron, I think, oh, Ron you're, you're, you're talking about specifics. If we were talking about specifics, then you'd have a point, Ron. But I'm not sitting here going, uh, we're directly against subpoint A and subpoint B of his new public policy that states the following that we anticipate he's going to be on. We're not doing that. All we're saying, Ron, is that up to this point, President Barack Obama has not been very uh, very connected to the international issues going on in our community, not to mention the racial tension issues. Oh, absolutely. If you've listened to the show, if you've listened to the show consistently, Ron, Ron, if you've listened to the show consistently, I, when I'm on at least, and I know Hector does, we hold not only legislators responsible, the executive responsible, the judicial branch responsible, we call them all out on the carpet. Everyone, get everyone's available. And I don't see, excuse me, I don't see anything wrong with a critical mindset with regard to anyone in power. I think that it's imperative that people ask questions. I think the fact that you ask for people to be silent and lockstep and obey prior to the fact of whatever's come out and that when, when it's a policy that you disagree with and you come out about it, we have someone like you call in and say, why are you criticizing the president? I can tell you why I criticize the president. One of the facts is that virtually every power that George Bush has abrogated to, had abrogated to himself while he held office, none of that has been repealed by Obama. As a matter of fact, he's increased the unitary presidency while he's been in office. That is a direct threat to the democracy, and that's something that I have an issue with. I have a major issue with. This is a track uh, record. I'm not going to sit and argue with you over the phone. It's just that. Well, why did I you mean, call in? I mean, but, 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 Ron, why did you call in? People understand, you know, where you guys are coming from in reference to ratings and, you know, sparking interest and everything else. That's why you hear a silence. 
Ron, has the president spoken up? Has the president spoken out on any of the things that we're talking about today? speaks about something you guys jump all over him that's I don't not care true what it is that's just not true Ron. you're wrong that's just not true there's me, been numerous times that i've supported him. him that's wrong you're absolutely wrong about that we'll be back folks 915-880-4376 the discussion's heating up how do you feel about the president of the united states visiting tomorrow we'll be back This is KHRO El Paso. Talk Radio 1150 AM. Your CNN Radio News source. CNN Radio. I'm Stan Case. President Obama is calling for a full-scale attack on the sluggish economy. He's blasting Senate Republicans for blocking a bill to provide additional assistance to small businesses. This bill is fully paid for. It will not add to the deficit, and there is no reason to block it besides pure partisan politics. The president says his team is laying the foundation for long-term economic growth. Stocks tumble to open the week on Wall Street. Investors remain cautious about the economic recovery. The Dow Industrial Average fell about 141 points. The Nasdaq and the S&P 500 also were sharply lower. Vice President Joe Biden has arrived in Iraq to take part in ceremonies marking the end of the U.S. combat mission. Hurricane conditions are spreading over the northern Virgin Islands as Hurricane Earl storms across the Atlantic. The Category 3 hurricane is packing sustained winds of 125 miles per hour. The most trusted name in news. This is CNN Radio. We are mid-sized businesses, the engines of a smarter planet. The explosion of data within our companies provides tremendous opportunity. But we need the right tools to take advantage of it. IBM Cognos Express is the first and only integrated business intelligence and planning solution built and priced to meet the needs of mid-sized companies. Solutions start at $25 per user per month. Go to ibm.com slash engine slash Cognos. Price assumes a 36-month full payout and is subject to change by IBM without notice. Sam's Club Plus member, Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only, your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook, $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values. A benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Savings made simple. Supplies are limited and may not be available in all clubs. One item per membership, no rain checks. Even my pizza place stores my information digitally. So why do I have to fill out the same medical forms over and over? Technology can tell me exactly where I am. But when it comes to my health care, why do I feel so lost? We understand your frustration. At United Healthcare, we believe healthcare should be simpler and more responsive. We're 78,000 people looking out for 70 million Americans. Big numbers, but they're what give us the data and the experience to match you with the right doctor for your tricky condition, to guide and stand by you through your toughest medical decisions, to help you manage a chronic condition more in your terms. Because in the end, all our innovations, the technology, the numbers, all add up to one thing, treating you like a human being. That's health in numbers. United Healthcare. To learn more, visit us at healthandnumbers.com.
Notre Dame football from ISP Sports. He's in. He's inside the 20, inside the 10. He's in for a touchdown as the Irish get quickly. Irish football begins September 4th. Hi, this is Don Cricky, voice of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, reminding you to catch Notre Dame football this season on KHRO Talk Radio 1150. For America. This is huge. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. Talk Radio 1150. Our phone lines are pretty full. I want to encourage uh, Hank and Margaret to give us a call back. I sorry, I'm sorry I couldn't get to you in the last segment. We'll go straight to the phone calls now. Uh, let's go straight to Farouk. Farouk, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Farouk, how you doing, man? Good to hear from you Good. again. What's up, Chris Bailey? How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Hey, uh, thanks. You're hey, welcome. Uh, you know about Obama coming tomorrow? Yeah. I'm super excited, man. Are you? Yes, sir. I'm a proud American, and I love Obama. Obama. <laughs> That's awesome. What well, are you, good uh, for you. What are you expecting? Uh, what are you going ex- out with your T-shirts and everything? Right. What are you expecting um, he's going to talk about tomorrow? Um, I don't know, but I think this is a good uh, political chance for him to, uh, to at least say something about... Uh, about the war in Mexico. Are you going to be disappointed if he doesn't address it? Um, no, I'm proud of him, man. He's stepping up for us uh, people with weird names. <laughs> That's, and, yeah, I will remind our our listening audience that Farouk's real name is Farouk, so he does have kind of a strange name. <laughs> we need to issue the reminder. No joke. He's my favorite. He's my favorite Iranian. So, yeah. <laughs> so Farouk, you're, you're just you're just happy. Period. Either way, you'll still be happy, be, even if he doesn't address anything tomorrow. Oh, dude, I, I wish I could be an ambassador for Obama. Like right now, I'm shaking about. Okay, the why 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 do you love him so much? Let's get into that. I mean, I, I you know I have no uh, I have no ills against people that are just crazy about the guy. I mean, why is it that you feel the guy's just you know better than a bag of potato chips? Uh, for me, it's more about aesthetics than it is about policy. It's a th- like, aesthetics. Think, well, if you love aesthetics, yeah. then you definitely got to go for Obama. Yeah, I mean. he, just, he just looks like a really cool guy, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> would you you'd like to sit down and party with him? Yeah, I, I think he's, he's the kind really of guy cool. you'd like to have a beer with over at the White House? <laughs> oh, maybe a coffee or, I don't know, a, a high five. Coffee, a cigarette, yeah. and a high five? Yeah. I'd settle for that, too, I think. I mean, <laughs> Maybe you can encourage him to have another summit of his, but this time on international affairs, a beer summit at the White House, like the last time he had a beer summit with the racial it could tensions be a in Boston. Summit. It could yeah. be an awesome a coffee co- summit. We could call so that the, Chris can come. We could be and the I can awesome come. coffee and summit. And we can have some good coffee and have a coffee uh, coffee head on the... <laughs> and ask him really tough questions yeah. that won't go on the air. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, coffee and cigarette time would be great with the president. Coffee and but cigarette he time. He quit smoking, though. I don't did he really, him. or yeah, did he fall I, off the wagon? No, I think he quit. I think he's actually uh, I think quit. He, I think he could smoke while he's up in the air. Uh, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I, I mean, if I were the president, I would totally be smoking a cigarette while I was flying around the An Air, air Force, Force One? One. <laughs> and I, and I you know why? Because you're the president and you can do that. Uh, yeah. I would be wearing some, uh, some Nike Air Force Ones while smoking in the Air Force One. <laughs> I love it. I, I gotta take it all the way back. <laughs> I just want to say Obama. All right, all right Farouk. Thanks well, thank for you for uh, yelling Obama for us and uh, giving us that 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 uh, intense feeling for the guy. I guess uh, let's go straight to Felix. Felix, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Felix. How you doing? What's going on, uh, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, when it comes to Barack, 
I wouldn't stick my head out the window to see him if he was visiting next door. <laughs> you know, I've got no respect for this man because he hasn't done half of what he promised he would in his campaign. Right. I think pulling out of these troops is just something that uh, he did maybe because his numbers were so low. And I think he's trying to, you know, maybe build them back up by bringing them back. As far as uh, coming here to El Paso, I just... I just can't see him talking to the troops because he wasn't for giving them the troops that they needed when they needed them. It wasn't really for the funding. And, you know, now it's kind of like uh, somebody else has made the gravy and now he wants to come and stop it up. Yeah. Sure. And I, I thank you for the call, Felix. Uh, if you want to give us a call back, please do. You had a bit of a difficult time there with, uh, I guess, the, the wind sound, in the I, background yeah, or something like, like that. Winds. You were outside. Call us from a landline or call us from indoors. But, uh, you know... I think the sentiment exists in El Paso exactly the way you're you're framing it, Felix, and particularly from our from our own soldiers. If we have listeners out there at uh, Fort Bliss, and I'd encourage you to give us a call nine one five eight eight zero four three seven six. Yeah, how do you guys feel? You know, Chris, last time they did a a big uh, speech and rally for the president uh, that I remember. Uh, that was kind of a big key event was the NASA event when mm-hmm. he when he began to say we're good, we will get to Mars and but he was really cutting budgets. Right. It was a great speech well, nonetheless. But a lot of people talked about that's been I mean he's kind of been a pro that's an old political hat game right yeah, you say it's, it's, one thing and then and you then do you another you, you legislate one way and then you prevent people from enforcing the legislation and you just give so, them the rhetoric that they want to hear like with regard to this drawdown in Iraq if you look at it substantively. Yeah. Uh, we're removing active duty troops, but we're actually increasing uh, contractors, right. contractor presence. So it's being handed, the security details are being handed over to civilians. Right. If people like Blackwater and KBR are actually taking a more active role. Well, I, and I had heard from some individuals that uh, in one of the big NASA, you know, events where President Obama was speaking and giving this policy, they actually dismissed all the NASA workers and they brought in their own people to yeah. fill up the event. Yeah. You know, so that he wouldn't have any hecklers, I suppose, or anything like that. People that it, were upset about know, losing their jobs. So, so my question is, how tightly controlled is the event tomorrow with President Obama? Look, Ron, I understand how you feel, Ron. I understand that you uh, don't want us to jump the gun. We're not jumping the gun. All we're saying is, Look at the president's established record when it comes to dialogue and discussion regarding the things that matter to El Pasoans, being that this is an international metroplex and the fact that we are dealing with the international drug violence here in this very community, given the fact that we are dealing with the whole topic of racial tension in America, particularly against Hispanos and Latinos, because we are a Latino, Hispano capital in this nation, um, what about those things? And the president hasn't talked about before. Look, and up, Ron, up until this time, he's been conspicuously silent on yeah, the issue. He he's, has. He's been conspicuously silent on the issue. And this this war on, in Mexico has been going on uh, oh. this in its current manifestation for at least two years now. Exactly. And, Ron, you have been living this over with uh, your work over in Ciudad Juarez. I'm surprised you're not on our side there, buddy. You work in Juarez. You know how bad it is over there. Why is it that the White House is not speaking up as much as it should? Listen. Listen, if President Barack Obama tomorrow decides to talk about the war to our South, um, I'll be glad and I'll be glad to talk about it and say, look, this is what the president stated, Uh, you know, good or bad. I'd, I'd be happy to talk about it on air tomorrow or the day after. The point is, let's look at the track record. And look, this is another way, Ron, of saying, Mr. President. Speak about the things that matter to us. Don't go tomorrow giving us a flowery speech that doesn't matter to us. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Let's go to Steve. Steve, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Mr. Lopez, good show, good topic. Uh, I, I'm, I like Obama. I voted for him, but what happened to all this line by line crap that mm-hmm. that he was going to do about cutting the budget? Right. He's going to go line. He never did that. Just to pull out a pork barrel. Well, look uh, at his usage. What happened there? He yeah, said he was going to do it. Absolutely, first- Steve. I completely agree with you. My issue. I really supported him at first because I I thought that. If he really fulfilled these campaign promises that there was going to be a restoration of democracy and a restoration of a democratic presidency, not a unitary presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, coke and dagger stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know. Absolutely. And I, I think the, uh, you know, his one of the major things that he's put out has been, oh, I'm going to run a transparent presidency. My policies are going to be transparent. My policy development is going to be transparent. There is, but. He's transparent about the things that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, the things that he, he that brought in does consultants. Matter. He said no consultants. You he brought at, in consultants. Uh, look, if you look at the new uh, red cell release that was put out by WikiLeaks of the CIA, then it's a new document WikiLeaks just right. released that was a red cell uh, uh, dossier on yeah. the fact that we need to control the world's perspective on the U.S. as being an exporter of terrorism. Yeah. The CIA actually acknowledges the fact that we have done that that we have been guilty of it and that we have to start doing damage control and PR at the world level in order to restore our perspective. Why is that the case? Well, yeah. when, you, when you're waging clandestine wars in other countries, when you have rendition prisons and black ops prisons all over Eastern Europe and Africa and, and the Middle East, you know, one of the major things that people say is, look, they're exporting terrorism just as much as anyone else is. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And I, I mean, I'm so upset because I remember, like, he, he said the first few days, I'm, we're going to go line by line on the budget. Mm-hmm. Could I, and he never did that. No, I he mean, didn't. You've no, got plenty didn't. of time to golf. It's not like there's no time. That's what upsets me. I mean, yeah, like, yeah you need a vacation, but do what you're going to do first and what you say. At least try it and make an attempt. Sure. Yeah. And don't don't say, well, there's no time, but you know what? I'm going to go golfing, but there's no time. Well, you if know? you can't do it, talk to the American people about it. That's my major issue. If you can't do something, you know, that you've promised – Talk to them. Give them the reasons why it's difficult. Right. Use the pulpit. You know, not just your YouTube addresses, where it's kind of this one-dimensional speech and about he, and current he, policy and issues. And he doesn't use the bully pulpit, though. That's yeah. the thing, though, Chris. I mean, he could have used it on all of these issues that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He never has. Mm-hmm. He's been very, very weak about that. And he's been, every time he takes a stance, for example, on the mosque thing, I don't know if you saw that he comes out saying it should be built, and then he walks it back three days later, like yeah. really overtly, yeah. for everybody to see that he's walking it back. Thank you for the call. Let's go straight to John. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, I heard a couple of callers ago when discussing, you know, you were saying, will you be disappointed if he doesn't talk about what's going on in Mexico? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. My question is exactly what do you think that we should do? That's a great question, John. That's a great question. But I think what we have to develop, Plan Merida is a plan for international cooperation is one thing. One of the aspects, I think, one of the tactics that the United States can do, and Mexico has actually uh, come out. La Jornada two weeks ago had an article about the willingness of uh, the Mexican government to allow not just uh, IRS agents to come in and help do fiscal, uh, some measure of fiscal forensics to, yeah. to find the money laundering, but they've, they've also agreed to have ATF task forces go in in a training capacity mm-hmm. they've had they've uh, they've they've expressed willingness the united states has one of the best 
police apparatuses in the world, investigative apparatuses in the world. We have some of the best agents out there in, in the field currently, and to really offer that kind of help to these individuals, it, it, especially when they're expressing willingness, but you're not willing to kind of put these agents in the field to help these individuals out, it, it is a difficult, difficult situation for Mexico to be in. That's yeah. one aspect that, well, the United, that the Obama administration could really take. John, I'm not sure if you listened to the show that, that Chris and I did. It was actually a Critical Thought Monday where we had Edgardo Buscaglia on our show, world expert on the matter. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we started talking about the things that are going on in Mexico with the things that are not going on in Mexico <laughs> and the international cooperation that is actually going on versus all of that that is talked about. See, John, between the time that we had that show and today, a lot of more things ha has tr have transpired. First mm -hmm. of all, Mexico continues on a downward spiral. They are not beginning to do any of the things that we talked about on that show, which I will get into here shortly. And then thirdly, there's this new re 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 uh, revived debate in Mexico led by the PAN and former President Vicente Fox of legalizing marijuana, marijuana. in Mexico right. at, at a time when world experts that have dealt with organized crime are busy trying to flag everyone down including the United States and Mexico saying look, you got to focus on four things. First of all, you got to focus on international coordination, true international coordination, not the lip service that they're currently paying right now, particularly in, on Mexico's side of things, but true coordination where you begin to coordinate the actual capture and prosecution of these individuals. Not only that, yeah, but it's not just the individuals. It's actually creating choke points in exportation nodes within Honduras, uh, within Ecuador, within Bolivia, with all, a lot of South American producers that are producing, for instance, raw coca or processed coca and and uh, shipping it north. Colombia is a big one. Venezuela is another. And really choking those points out. At the, at the southern border of Mexico to prevent it from even coming into and, the country. And, and Chris, we even had the Edgardo say on our show, which, by the way, John, this this is a world expert. It's not just some anybody. It's it's a person who's advised, you know, very few of the successful countries that have dealt with organized crime. And he said, look, in terms of international co collaboration, he's like the international seizing of assets of all of the known individuals needs to happen. It doesn't happen right now. That requires a leader in that effort, and it could be the United States, and it, it, uh, the United States can also put pressure on Mexico to do the same. Something that we need to recognize as well is that the United States banking community in two sectors, or at least in two manifestations, have been f alleged to have operated as launderers for drug money, cartel. Mm -hmm. And Bank of America is one of them. The political pressure from the United States towards Mexico has always resulted into rises, a, a rising feeling of Mexican nationalism. And what you, what you risk in the United States attempting to become a leader or whatever, and, and this is why you need cooperation rather than anything else. Whenever you have uh, a... Uh, uh, a, a strong push from the United States, which you're going to run into, even if you get cooperation from Calderon, which, frankly, I doubt you get real cooperation mm -hmm. from Calderon. Mm -hmm. But what you what you end up with is is a strong resistance and a rise of nationalism. And what you could end up with is massive support for the cartels as being some sort of. Uh, uh, representative of the true Mexico as opposed to some sort of Yankee puppet 
Uh, I remember it's a different circumstance, but but it is the same sort of thing. Uh, when Saddam Hussein invaded Iran back in, uh, was that 1979, uh, everyone had talked about how uh, the Iranians were going to fall apart, uh, how there was widespread dislike of the uh, of the uh, Ayatollah and the Islamists, and that was true. However, what an invasion tends to do with a nation is that it, it, it tends to bring them together rather than break them Right. Apart. No, you're absolutely right about that. I think with regard to what we're talking about, the tactics that need to be employed are cooperative tactics between our governments rather than coercive tactics right and that that is a big difference in the past and what you're seeing what you what you were taught I, I think many of the policies that you've seen enacted by the United States with regard to Mexico have tended to be on the more coercive side a truly cooperative effort a bilateral effort on behalf of Mexico City and DC what you would see is a decreased or a diminished attitude of nationalism toward at least toward the United States. One of the major issues that you're seeing here and with regard to uh, America's history of foreign policy with regard to Mexico has virtually always on the surface what you have is a message of friendship and cooperation in effect in what you saw with let's say NAFTA tribunals for instance in the economic sphere let's say that our uh, the dialogue that occurs between the United States and Mexico at the UN or between our ambassadorships have always at virtually always I would say 60 60 to 70 percent of the time been characterized in terms of coercion outside of the realm of the public language and that's the issue here I think we need to have a measure of cooperation. Mexico has come out and said, look, we're willing to accept some help from your law enforcement. We need to clean up. We need to clean up our law enforcement. We need to clean up our military. We don't have the assets or the training to do it. Well, and one of the problems that is currently going on with that is in American law enforcement and American intelligence, a considerable fear that essentially when they are providing intelligence to their Mexican counterparts, it is, it is not necessarily uh, going to be used properly. And by that, I mean a number of times there have been situations where, uh, where intelligence uh, has not been passed because of the belief that it's simply going to be used to wipe out rivals right. as opposed to, uh, to actually improving the situation. The, the, the problem lies much more in Mexico than it does in the United States. Well, it, but John, does that mean that we stand around idly while our country to our south and their <laughs> violence is spilling over to the United States? Secondly, those I I, I want to add to what Hector asked you is to, st to stipulate that while you're talking about a domestic issue of law enforcement, if you look at our intelligence operations uh, globally speaking, those very same concerns hold. And we still enact those those intelligence operations in foreign countries. <clears throat> I mean, it's yeah, but I will tell you, it's a there's there's a big difference between sharing intelligence with, say, the British or the uh, or the Germans than there is. What about with the Afghanis with the or with the Pakistanis or with the Iraqis? Yeah, and, good or point. With the I mean, we are doing that, it there. That same and that same reticence exists. Yeah, it Believe does me, exist, but no, nevertheless, doing the intelligence is shared. Nevertheless, it's done. In, in, in an act of good faith. It's a different world around the world than it is here on the ground right to ourselves. It's done, it's done in case-by-case study, or excuse me, case-by-case case incidents. 
But what I am saying is, as, as regards Mexico, so there's a long history of, of, of bad faith in many cases on both sides. Mm-hmm. But but there there is a long situation of bad faith, and frankly, the situation as regards Mexico is that right now uh, the situation is if if there were if there were truly good faith offers to to bring these to bring these situations in, uh, we we have been burnt so many times. Uh, I'll tell you. Fairly recently, I'm sure you all remember the cholera epidemic down in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about some points, some case in points here, uh, John, that need to be addressed. I mean, I understand the, the the need to be addressed. It is, John. It, and there, I understand the need for these things to be addressed along the lines that you're saying. But it almost sounds like a like you're saying, John, that we shouldn't do things, Chris. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we should, because of things going on, we shouldn't take any proactive measures to begin to deal with the situation. Listen, we do that, John, and we will find ourselves marred in the violence that is going on in Ciudad Juarez here in this very city of El Paso. We need to figure out ways in which we can begin to take proactive measures. We're not saying let's go to war. Okay, we're not or saying or That's let's not invade. What we're, saying. Yeah. We're, we're saying it'd be nice to hear some rhetoric about how we're going to actually take up some things that are going to begin to be, you know, trialed and errored. Well, not I don't just know. not just tactics, but that there's a concerted effort, not just with regard to intelligence, but true forensic investigation Correct. along Correct. the economic lines. Correct. That there is uh, tactical training, like we have some of the best battlefield ca- tactics and counterinsurgency tactics and what you're seeing happen in Mexico is an upsurge of insurgent tactics from the perspective of the mm-hmm. cartel they're beginning to use IEDs and car bombs let's go straight to Herman Herman welcome to the show hey. what's going on Herman hello hey, hello, Herman. Herman how you doing that's fine hey uh, you guys are getting a little long-winded here <laughs> uh, uh, and, and it seems like um, all three of you don't know what the uh, what you're talking about? Okay. Oh, John and me, John and all of us. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Enlighten us, then. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try because you know you, you. But you know everything that I've heard. Uh, you know you you can't go into Mexico and do as as you please. You know. No one's but, no one's listen, saying okay. that. No one's Did saying you listen that. Listen to the. Pro- listen, you were you know you were laughing about uh, about uh, the beers uh, 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 symposium or whatever. But you know, I can assure, I, I feel confident that uh, Obama is not going to perform like the, the old uh, president we had, Mr. Bush. Okay. And, and I agree with, uh, I agree with, uh, with Ron. You know, uh, he he already sent drones, he sent troops, and you know what not to the border. And what else do you want him to do? What okay, do you, Herman, is any is everybody tell? not paying attention to what we've been saying? Sure there are four concrete things that we've been putting out on our show. I'm getting pretty tired of people saying that the show doesn't leverage any kind of proposals or solutions and that all we do is talking. You're one of the ones that have been saying that, Herman. I we've guess. been talking about four concrete proposals that the United States could take up but has chosen not to take up that we can actually begin to suggest to Mexico for them to begin to do, but Mexico is currently not doing 
think so it has a track record before? of success, mind you. You don't think it has been done before? It has been done okay. before, and it succeeded. It, what we're suggesting is that it hasn't has been, been done in this before, case. And it's succeeded, but it has not been done with okay. regard to the okay. U.S.-Mexico problem else, along the border. What else can we do? Okay, Herman, we're telling you what else we can do. Why do you keep using the same question? Are you are you at a lack for no, no, you know no. answers I, yourself? I, I, just, I just want, want uh, wouldn't you tell me what, what else can we do? Okay. Okay. We already Herman. advised them. Okay, Herman, those four things are the most concrete things that we probably have had in terms of policy on our show. There's a lot of discussions, but you know what? Those four things are a good start, and they haven't started yet. And so we appreciate your calls and you trying to call us and tell us, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about, and, and you guys don't have any solutions. Thank you for calling us, but the point is, Herman, you're not paying attention. Look, El Paso... Texas, uh, Mexico, Chihuahua, Ciudad Juarez, we need to wake up around here. We have a huge thing happening tomorrow. The President of the United States is going to be here. Now, while some people would like to utilize that time to get the national media to, to talk about the legalization of marijuana, how about we have a honest discussion about the war to the South and we talk about the four proposals. Chris and I aren't off base. You want to challenge us on the academics? Then charge us with the well, Just the practicalities charges. of it, away from the academics. We'll be back, folks. 915-8804-376. Topping our news this hour, Roger Clemens says he's not guilty. The pitching legend made that plea this afternoon on charges he lied to Congress during a 2008 investigation. So now that he's entered a plea, what's next? The judge will now set a schedule, allow Clemens to make motions, to dismiss the case, to get evidence, uh, to perhaps change the venue, and uh, eventually soon he will set a trial date. CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. Hurricane Earl is a Category 4 storm now moving away from the Virgin Islands, and a tropical storm, Fiona, has just formed in the Atlantic. The economy and small business remains on the president's mind. Earlier today, President Obama blasted Senate Republicans for blocking a small business assistance bill. Unfortunately, this bill has been languishing in the Senate for months, held up by a partisan minority that won't even allow it to go to a vote. That makes no sense. Meanwhile, the president will speak tomorrow night about the change of mission for U.S. troops in Iraq. Remaining troops will take on a support and training role with Iraqi security forces. White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs. As we are ending our combat role in Iraq, there are additional national security priorities uh, and additional uh, domestic priorities that uh, 
that we can and, and, and will be focusing on. The primetime address will start at 8 p.m. Speaking of Iraq and speeches, GOP House Leader John Boehner says he'll also discuss the Iraq mission tomorrow during a speech that he's giving. And Vice President Joe Biden landed in Iraq today to participate in a ceremony marking the end of America's combat mission there. And Paris Hilton is facing a felony drug charge in Nevada stemming from her arrest over the weekend. Police say a packet of cocaine fell out of her purse. This is CNN Radio. We need to make smarter decisions. Together. Faster. Basically, Basically, we we need need to to collaborate collaborate better. With email. Web conferencing. Social networking. You name it. Because we're mid-sized businesses. The engines of a smarter planet. We need IBM Lotus Live. A single, security-rich, cloud-based service. No hardware. No new software. Just a browser. Smarter decisions. Starting with this one. IBM Lotus Live. Email starts at $3 per user per month. Get set up now at ibm.com slash engine slash lotus. Prices subject to change by IBM without notice. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin Williams during the endless summer sale and save 30% on paints and stains August 29th through September 6th. With colors like Picnic, August Moon, and Pressed Flower, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Visit your neighborhood Sherwin Williams paint store and save 30% today. Find your nearest store at SherwinWilliams.com/sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Wall Street went south in the wake of ongoing worries about the economy. The Dow Industrial sank 141 points during the slowest trading day of the year. The Nasdaq lost 34. The S&P 500 fell 16 points. The latest nervousness about the economy followed a weaker-than-expected report on personal incomes. One analyst also telling MarketWatch he thinks investors are on hold until Friday's employment report. All that helped overshadow deal activity from Intel and 3M. Both those stocks, though, dropped about 2%. And a short time ago, the Justice Department said Hewlett-Packard will pay $55 million to settle kickback allegations related to government contracts. HP had been the Dow's only winner during the regular session, but it is now down slightly in after-hours trading. Once again on Wall Street, the Dow was off 141 points. I'm Steve Orr from the newsroom at MarketWatch.com. Everyone knows that Geico could save you money on car insurance. You'd have to be living on Jupiter not to know that. Want to talk discounts? Geico's got a list of discounts as long as a gorilla's arm, including good driver discounts, multi-car discounts, and discounts for auto safety features. In short, Geico's out to save you as much money as humanly possible. Scratch that. As much money as inhumanly possible. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you hundreds on car insurance. Sam's Club Plus member Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only, your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook, $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values. A benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Savings made simple. Supplies are limited and may not be available in all clubs. One item per membership, no rain checks. 
We are mid-sized businesses. The engines of a smarter planet. The explosion of data within our companies provides tremendous opportunity. But we need the right tools to take advantage of it. IBM Cognos Express is the first and only integrated business intelligence and planning solution built at price to meet the needs of mid-sized companies. Solutions start at $25 per user per month. Go to ibm.com slash engine slash Cognos. Price assumes a 36-month full payout and is subject to change by IBM without notice. Sam's Club Plus member Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only. Your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook. $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values. A benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Savings made simple. Supplies are limited and may not be available in all clubs. One item per membership. No ring checks. The views and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of staff and management of IntraVision Communications. Welcome, welcome. This is impossible for America. People seem to be more in touch with the city. They're more respectful for what's going on. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. Rising fast, going with the flow. He's doing good. He's got his looks. I don't know what else to say about him. On Talk Radio 1150. We are back, folks. And, uh, you know, we are with Critical Thought Monday, and we're continuing to discuss the president's visit tomorrow to El Paso. And we will also get into the debate that a lot of you have been long waiting for. You have heard us before talk about different points of view on what is going on in uh, Iran and the Middle East and or Iran, however you want to pronounce it, in the Middle East. We're going to get into it on Critical Thought Monday between Chris and I, and I think we'll, we'll be able to flesh out some ideas. But before we get to that, Chris, we got a caller here. Uh, Carlo, I'm about to get to you. Hold on one second. You know what, though, Chris? I'm, I'm getting a little peeved, uh, and I've been getting peeved over the course of the last several days. And here's why. The show that has been talking about the necessity for discourse since I've gotten on the air and the fact that out of discourse we get ideas that can be implemented mm-hmm. has turned into somehow – last week uh, into this week, a bunch of people saying, oh, well, where, where, what is the plan? What is the plan? What are you doing? We were talking about a plan, and Herman was obviously sordo and not paying attention yeah. to what we were saying. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'm living in a la-la land. I may be wrong about perhaps some of the opinions that I have and the ideas that I think the United States should adopt, as should Mexico. But, hey, they're informed, and they're informed by yeah. world experts that have proven their stuff on the matter. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, am I at a different show? I think, you know, it, it goes to show, and I'm, I'm not going to single out just any one person, but I think it's something that's consistently I've, I've recognized in, let's just say, political history. In the United States in general, we tend to have a goldfish's memory. With regard to political history, we are unable, it seems, to contextualize a given dialogue right. over a long period of time or uh, a given situation. If uh, you look, people see the current manifestation of foreign policy given whatever arbitrary administration you have in office, whether it be Bush, Obama, it doesn't matter. They are unable to contextualize that foreign policy in terms of the history of the country. And 
it, it goes to it. it uh, you can take it down outside of that into dialogue that occurs. Something as simple between two individuals, a conversation that occurs every single day. And, and, and because they put a stop to the discussion by saying, well, where's the idea? Where's the idea? They, they put a stop to the generation of more ideas that could actually help right. the matter. I, right. It just frustrates me. But, hey, we'll get we'll keep moving through it. Let's go straight to Carlo. Carlo, welcome to the show. Uh, this is uh, KHRO. Yes, sir, yes, it, it is. is. Listen, I've been tuning in to you guys. I'm part of the OFA oh, advance team to welcome President Obama in here tomorrow. And I just think it's just terrible what you guys are saying on this radio. You guys sound like a bunch of crybabies. Okay, tell, tell, okay all right. tell us why. Flesh it out. Tell Flesh it out. Tell, tell us why are we. You're not saying anything critical. This is supposed to be critical thought Monday, and I don't hear a critical thing coming All right, from tell us why, Carlo. What in particular do you have issue with? There needs to be more talk, needs to be more discussion. This is a time for action. And it's not about you guys, and it's not about your thought. It's about the troops that have suffered and have come back here and are getting a welcome by the president for coming back home. And it's just not about what you're talking about. Carlo, is this the president's first visit to El Paso? You guys just shame us all with this kind of conversation. Okay, I completely disagree with I, you, Carlo. I completely disagree with you, but I hey, you're the head. You're, la la Carlo, you guys. Carlo. No, I think you're the one in La La Land. This okay. is La La Land. You okay, talk Carlo. about the necessity for discourse. Yeah. You keep talking about discourse, discourse, talk, talk. I wish you would talk, talk, talk. This president is doing He's been in prime time since the day he was what, elected. Carlo, stop right there, Carlo. Stop right done? there. All right, let's put him on mute there, Bingo, real quick. Here, Carlo, you're still on the air with us. You're just on mute because you just haven't allowed for us to talk to you. Look, you're saying that the president has done a lot of things. You are taking issue with the fact that we are commenting the way that we are and that this is about the troops and not about anything else. From what you're telling me, you're in the leadership of Organizing for America. Organizing for America, I was actually proud to be a part of that when I was living in Pennsylvania. I was proud to say, hey, I, I've been involved in some of these things that are bringing people together. It, organizing for America is the representative of the community in a said area. So you're the representative of a community. This is the president's first visit to El Paso. Yes, it's about the troops, but it's also his first visit to this area. And all we're asking is, all right, let's talk about action. What has the president done? Let's go back to Lay you. Lay down their lives for this country. Okay, the president has not laid his down his life down for his country. What are you talking about? It's all it, the president is the commander in chief, and the people that he stewards, the people he's the commander of, have, have, have taken oath to lay down their lives for this country. And they're okay, yes, the troops are laying their life down for our nation. Big Air Force Again, base. Let's get back to the discussion. Let's get back to the discussion, though, Carlo. You are taking issue with us having a conversation about the president. Okay, Carlo, but you're but you're returning to us with Carlo. You are returning the discussion with whining. Okay, here we go with the anger and talking through people. Are you wanting to have a dialogue, Carlo, or not? Are you just wanting to vent? To suggest to Mexico. Okay, what do we want to suggest to Mexico? Is that your question? To suggest to Mexico. Who gives a hoot about Mexico at this point? We're talking about Afghanistan, uh, Iraq. Give me a second. coming home? Welcome in these Give kids. me a second. Okay. I'm going to address you right now, Carlo. You're on mute. You're still with us because you keep talking through us. You're not having a dialogue. You're having a rant and a tantrum. And if you just take a deep breath and calm down... <laughs> Just take a deep breath and calm down. We You're can have an intelligent conversation about this. America. But what I'm going to tell you is if you are so concerned with the lives of our 
men and women in uniform and the honor that they brought and bestowed upon this country by what they're doing in Afghanistan and Iraq, then you should directly be concerned with what's going on in Mexico. Because if that government or that country implodes, we as a nation are going to be in some serious security trouble. And you're going to see our men and women in uniform on the border having to fight a fight that we don't want to have. It's the end of combat in Iraq, but the surge of violence up and down the border immediately south of Fort Bliss. How do you respond to that, Carlos? Well, I'll, I'll tell you how I respond to that. We're not seeing any gunplay in El Paso. Texas. Oh, my gosh. We're, We're okay. side of the border because El Paso finish. is extremely well protected. Our sheriffs, the 16 different intelligence and, and, and police agencies on this border do an outstanding job for the United States of America. And these troops who are coming back here from Iraq and Afghanistan who, God bless them, hopefully they They'll settle and live here in the Southwest because it's such a beautiful and a safe environment, a land of opportunity. will add to that kind of safety that we feel here in our neighborhoods. That's what President Obama. What I hear is, is what I'm hearing from you is a lot of fluff rhetoric. It's just aggrandizing rhetoric. That's all I hear from you. This great Southwest neighbor. You know, I don't have any problem with the Southwest. You're right. It is beautiful, and the men and women in uniform did do 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 a great job from Maine, from Vermont, that want to come down here and live the kind of peaceful life that we have down here. Oh, really? The city's not decadent. Really? The streets are clean. People are kind. People are just... There are military troops right now who are considering retiring in this area because it is the land of opportunity. All right. Well, thank you for your call, Carlo. I mean, there's just no substance to your argument, yeah, though. I mean, you're talking all this smack. About yeah, how whining we and sit complaining, here, whining huh? and complaining, and yeah, you're whining and complaining you guys yourself. Sound like a bunch of whiny chatterboxes. Listen, I come on. That's what you're right. doing, that's Carlo. You're not. You're not, you're not even addressing kind of what we've been talking about on the air. Critical. You just sit Listen, there. You said this is critical. Put him on you. Monday. Put him yeah, on you. You're not even addressing the argument. You're sitting here with your gut up in knots. Not giving Calling it any critical show, thought yourself. Any critical thought yourself. You just sit there and whine and complain and levy ad hominems. You're not dealing with the content of the argument. You're not dealing with what we've been talking about on the air. All we get from you is more jingoistic crap. More jingoistic crap. We'd sit there if we happen to impugn the president, or we're critical of the president, then we're whiny. If we're asking questions about what he does or what policies he's put forth that are substantive, then we're whiny. If we happen to ask questions about the community that we're in because the commander-in-chief happens to be here and there's a crisis right over the border and El Pasoans are scared, we're whiny. Well, he works for Organizing for America, Chris. So, you know, uh, Carlo, if you ever want to have a discussion, you're welcome to call our show. Look, we gave you a lot of airtime. The point is you were whining and complaining yourself, not engaging ranting. in a discussion. Just ranting. I mean, look, Organizing for America represents the people. It's How could you be to. okay with it's supposed to. the Organizing for me. America folks that have worked so hard for you to not be allowed uh, into the president's uh, event and also, furthermore, uh, not be involved in the discourse with the president of the United States pertaining to the community they're a part of? That I mean, I Look, don't know. I applaud your enthusiasm and your passion, but don't throw tantrums on the air. It makes you and your organization look bad. Let's go straight to Margaret. Margaret, good to hear from you. What's going on? Hi. Hi, Margaret. So good. Oh, man, that guy lives in La La Land, okay? <laughs> My goodness. I mean, I believe that we didn't have any business in Iraq. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And I don't think even Afghanistan, because I figure Pakistan is much more dangerous. I agree. Has been much more dangerous than Pakistan or Iraq for sure. Iraq, I don't think, was any of our business. Mm-hmm. So we cannot forget the thousands and thousands of people that were killed. That's right. Okay? That's right. I'm not going to mention anything else. I'm just saying the thousands and thousands of people, but that don't mean that all Muslim people are bad people. That's right. Oh, absolutely. I agree and with I'm you. I'm more concerned about my war as, my Mexico, my fellow citizen here, my fellow brothers and sisters that I used to go over all the time yes, and ma'am. do my shopping, go to the dentist and whatnot all. And that's what's going on in, in, you know, in most of our lives, too, Margaret. I mean, yeah. my, my wife has not been over to see her grandmother yeah. in years I know. because of I the violence it. over there. I believe it. So, therefore, I truly believe that they should bring them out of Iraq, let Iraq stand up for itself, and then go over to Mexico and take care of the border here. Well, at least, you know, at least have a policy... Yes. of cooperation yes. with the, the government Something in Mexico outside of just Plan Merida. I mean, you know? how many more years are we going to wait? Right. Yeah. You I know? agree. I agree. I, I mean, the, uh, Mexico is a beautiful country. It's a rich country. It's a rich country. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and, and then people over in Iraq and, and Afghanistan, then people have been fighting for thousands and thousands of years. We cannot change them. Mm-hmm. No, we cannot. They have to want to change themselves. Margaret, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. No, no. I got a minute. I truly believe that Obama is too black for the White House, okay? Whoa. That's a Satan, plain English. That's the problem, especially the one who just called, I think his name was Felix. That's the problem. He should look in the mirror and should look and see we're all the same color, okay? Okay. Have a good day. All right. All right. I, 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 we are all the same color. Right. That's right. Thank you very much for your call there, Margaret. Uh, it's uh, good to hear from you. Here's the thing, and and uh, I, I, going back to my good friend and our good friend uh, Farouk, he said he was all he it was all about the image, right? Right. He talked about the image. Can you imagine this? Everybody clowns on President Bush for his mission accomplished and arriving on a jet. What if he comes to Fort Bliss tomorrow, gives a speech, the end of combat has arrived, but the next combat or significant violence that spills over comes in this very community because of our neighbor to the south? What does that talk about image and where we're headed? How would that be remembered? All we're saying, folks, is this is an important conversation. Give us a call. Talk Radio 1150, your financial news source with CNBC Financial. I'm Stephanie Shelton, CNBC Radio. Gloom settled over Wall Street again. Traders worrying about the economic recovery. The Dow was down 140 to 10,009. The Nasdaq slid 33 to 2119. And more mergers didn't move markets at all. Intel is buying the wireless communications unit of Infineon using cash. Intel was down more than 2%. 3M is acquiring Cogent for under a billion dollars. And HP, which is involved in a bidding war with Dell over 3PAR, the data store company is also paying 55 million dollars to settle federal kickback charges.
A survey by Intuit shows small businesses in the U.S. added only about 26,000 new jobs in August. That's fewer than in the earlier part of the year. And a second survey found owners' outlook on the economy soured significantly this month, 62% saying things are getting worse. Consumer spending rose 0.4% last month, the most we've seen in four months. Stephanie Shelton, CNBC Radio. Everyone knows that GEICO could save you money on car insurance. You'd have to be living on Jupiter not to know that. Want to talk discounts? GEICO's got a list of discounts as long as a gorilla's arm, including good driver discounts, multi-car discounts, and discounts for auto safety features. In short, GEICO's out to save you as much money as humanly possible. Scratch that. As much money as inhumanly possible. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you hundreds on car insurance. Sam's Club Plus member, Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only, your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook, $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values. A benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Save. Notre Dame football from ISP Sports. He's inside the 20, inside the 10. He's in for a touchdown as the Irish get quickly. Irish September 4th. Hi, this is Don Crickey, voice of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, reminding you to catch Notre Dame football this season on KHRO Talk Radio 1150. El Paso for America. We're supposed to bring freedom and democracy to people that need it. I think these people need it. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. This is the guy I want to talk to. Talk Radio 1150. So interesting show, and uh, we will get into uh, a little debate. Hot-blooded. Uh, oh, yeah, it's hot-blooded. <laughs> and, and I wonder how more hot-blooded it will get tomorrow when the president actually arrives. Look, folks, if the president actually comes out tomorrow and talks about what we're going to do with the emerging uh, violence to the south and some of the issues that have been hot-button issues nationally and internationally out of our own community, then great. Fait uh, accompli, or how do they say that? Yeah, fait accompli. But, you know, the point is... That discussion needs to happen, and it's not there right now. Let's go straight to the phone lines to Ronnie. Ronnie, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Good. It's good to hear from you, Ronnie. Well, here's here's my take on this whole thing. I don't think he's going to say much about the the war. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think I think he's just coming for a fluff visit, which is fine. I mean, that's what he's here for. Well, yeah, and it's just yeah. to say, hey, the war's over. Let's welcome our troops, which I'm all for. I yeah. think it's a great idea and stuff. But if you guys are really, really expecting him to say anything. He's not going to say much. He's you know, going to say, hey, how are you? We're, for, we're here at Fort Bliss. Blah, I'm not blah, expecting blah, it to happen blah. during this talk where he's honoring the returning soldiers. You know, and I think that's that's one of the mistakes that uh, Carlo had in, you know, us characterizing is that that the war in Mexico needed to steal the show from right. the soldiers. That's yeah. not what we're saying. But there, uh, what I'm saying is that there should be a separate press conference. Oh, no, but or he can use it. I mean, he can use that as like an address to the to the nation. Absolutely. Say, hey, right. And this is what we're looking for because I came here because we're in Fort Bliss and just a few miles down 
there's a war going and on and blah, blah, blah. That's exactly people. right, I Ronnie. Yeah. I totally understand, but yeah. he's not going to do that because his handlers aren't going to let him. Yeah. All right. all and I, that's what I'm saying. Is it's a, what it's a mis- that's what we're highlighting, is that it's a mistake for him not to do yeah. that. Given to give, He needs to take a strong stance on national security in, in regard to that in order to win back moderates. He doesn't on anything, though. That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem with Obama right now is that he has – I mean, I just want Well, he makes a strong stance, and then he dials it back. You know, he makes this, a strong this whole stance, and then he dials yeah, it back. This whole mosque thing was, was just the example of that. I mean, he needs to come out strong, and he needs to come out strong. And stay strong. And in strides with the communities that may be pivotal for his election. And I – Strongly believe this is one of them, but he's not really doing much to, to kind of energize. Ronnie, thank but you for I the mean, call. He hasn't really done it, though. That's just no, no. Yeah, that's exactly are, you, right. You want, you want him to step up now, but he's not going to do it. All he's going to do is write out this presidency, I think, yeah. and just do what he can do and get yeah. everything out of the way, and then we'll move on to another president. Because I really don't think – I think he shot himself in the foot. He's realizing it's going to be hard for him to come back. Ronnie, thanks for the call, man. Have a good day. You too, man. Let's go to Isaac. Isaac, welcome to the show. Hey there, guys. Hi, Isaac. You guys having a rough day today. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, that good. means that we're making people, uh, you know, you're, think you're, about it. At least you're waking people up. You're getting people fired up. And even that, you know, even thing. if they get angry, I'm okay with that, as yeah. long as they're thinking. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, my, my, my major issue, I think, with what was going on with Cardlo is that there wasn't – you can be angry and still have a dialogue. You can be angry and still call people out. You know, you can dissect their argument. In you the can deal the, with the content. And at and the end of the day, go have a cup of coffee. But yeah, I don't yeah. think I could have gone to have you a know, cup of coffee with Cardlo. I've you had know? heated discussions with Hector. Yeah. I've had heated discussions with my own family, with my friends. And at the end of the day, still you sit down and you're still friends. But the empty shirt rhetoric is what I can't stand. You know, the whole, uh, you know, the, the great troops in the Southwest and this and that. And it's like, <laughs> dude, come on. Deal with the argument at hand. Don't make these ad hominem attacks. Deal with right. the argument, you know? Well, my, my comment is um, I'm, he's coming down here. There's a main priority to his speech tomorrow, and that is to thank the troops for, you know, the job well done in right, Iraq. Right, which is and great. That's the, and that's that is great. the main priority, and right. El Paso needs to realize that. Uh, there's a 95% chance he will not even say what is or El Paso in that speech he's mm-hmm. given in Fort Bliss. Mm-hmm. Of course. He's not coming into El Paso, by the way, also. Right, yeah. and he's not allowing El Pasoans into Fort Bliss. Right, right. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have an eye on Juarez or El Paso. Or no, 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 that's not what we're you know? saying. That's right, not right, what we're exactly. saying. That's not what we're saying, that he doesn't have an eye. Of course he has an eye on what's going right. on down there. It's probably in his national my security briefing on a regular. My contention with what's going on down there is that when you're honoring soldiers who have just come back from exactly. a combat zone, okay, and I have my, – my girlfriend did six years in the military, she got out wow. as a sergeant in the military. My best friend was is is still one of the one of them still in the military, and yeah. my other one uh, retired as a sergeant first class, and is now living in San Francisco. I had a vest. I have a vested interest in the men and women in uniform. From a personal standpoint, my brother-in-law retired a full bird colonel in the military, and he works at the Pentagon. My interest in them as family and as friends is that they are. Put into situations responsibly. First of all, we understand that combat situations are dangerous and that lives are going to be lost. But what by an inactivity in terms of policy and in terms of rhetoric 
from the bully pulpit, what that does is create a greater security risk in Mexico because they are in trouble. Right. Mexico right. is in trouble right now. And I would, I would advise you, there is a blog online. If you want the real deal of what's going on in Mexico, go to narcoblog.org. There is a guy... In Mexico, it's an anonymous blog, and because it's anonymous, he is not being uh, pressured by the cartel or by the government. And he is giving uncensored coverage of what's going on in Mexico. You know who's also good? The guy from La Polaca. La Polaca is great. And uh, I, I almost... I, they are, predicting, his they are predicting a governmental implosion in Mexico. Yeah, well, and if that happens... It's already happening. It's happening. <laughs> We're watching it happen before our eyes, and that is right. a huge security risk for our troops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, the average American does not know or realize that El Paso is the 21st biggest city in the nation. Right. Mm. And if you, if, you do, if you bring up that look, there is a war next door, the average American doesn't realize that there is a war next door. That's what we're trying to breed. That's exactly the kind of... The, exactly the, the message that we're trying to put out there. The largest international metroplex visiting... The president is visiting us. What issues will be taken up? We'll be back. pleaded not guilty to charges he lied to Congress about performance-enhancing drugs in baseball. His trial set for next April. Vice President Biden is in Iraq in advance of tomorrow's official end to the American combat mission. President Obama speaks to the country tomorrow night. My concern is that we won't heal before the next recession. Economist Robert Schiller, new numbers showing consumer spending up modestly, four-tenths of a percent, and personal income rising two-tenths. Hurricane Earl, now Cat 4 Storm, is heading toward the northern Virgin Islands. And in Las Vegas, drug charges filed today against Paris Hilton. Prosecutors say a bundle of cocaine fell out of her purse after a traffic stop over the weekend. More tonight on AC360. The most trusted name in news, I'm Anderson Cooper. This is CNN Radio. need to make smarter decisions together faster basically, basically we, we need, need to, to collaborate, collaborate better with email web conferencing social networking you name it because we're mid-sized businesses the engines of a smarter planet we need ibm lotus live a single security rich cloud-based service no new hardware no new software just a browser smarter decisions starting with this one ibm lotus live email starts at three dollars per user per month get set up now at ibm.com slash engine slash lotus prices subject to change by ibm without notice Ever wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams during the endless summer sale and save 30% on paints and stains August 29th through September 6th. With colors like Picnic, August Moon, and Pressed Flower, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store and save 30% today. 
Find your nearest store at SherwinWilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. We are mid-sized businesses, the engines of a smarter planet. The explosion of data within our companies provides tremendous opportunity. But we need the right tools to take advantage of it. IBM Cognos Express is the first and only integrated business intelligence and planning solution. Built and priced to meet the needs of mid-sized companies. Solutions start at $25 per user per month. Go to IBM.com slash engine slash Cognos. Price assumes a 36-month full payout and is subject to change by IBM without notice. Sam's Club Plus member, Debbie Boone. Sam's Club helps me save. E-Values help me save even more. September 1st through 6th only, your Sam's Club membership is loaded with $300 in E-Values for extra savings throughout the club. $100 off an HP notebook, $2 off Tide. Great stuff. Not a member? Join today and get $300 in E-Values, a benefit Sam's Club Plus members enjoy all year. Sam's Club. Savings made simple. Supplies are limited and may not be available in all clubs. One item per membership, no rain checks. Another day, my face is swollen. It's so frustrating. I'm 27, but I feel like I'm 72. I was going to get married next summer. Now my wedding's on hold. My life is on hold. I've never felt so scared and alone. I want answers. I want answers. I'm a junior in college. At least I was. I'm home now because I'm so sick. Now my hair's falling out. You know how embarrassing that is? It feels like I'm going crazy. My friends don't call me anymore. I don't care. I don't care about anything. I don't care about anything. I don't even try to hide the rash on my face with makeup anymore. Today I was so tired, my mom had to help me get dressed. I'm depressed. I'm terrified. I need to know what's happening to me. For answers, ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope. Visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-966. Notre Dame football from ISP Sports. He's heading out. He's in. He's inside the 20, inside the 10. He's in for a touchdown as the Irish get quickly. Irish football begins September 4th. Hi, this is Don Cricky, voice of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, reminding you to catch Notre Dame football this season on KHRO Talk Radio 1150. Ladies and gentlemen, El Paso for America. This is huge. With your host, Hector H. Lopez. Talk Radio 1150.
love it, bingo. This is this is the song for Drive-By Media right here. Yeah. <laughs> bingo Mercy. Rush Limbaugh, we're coming for you. <laughs> now, there's been a running joke with, with that song. Everybody does. That's a, that's a cool song. We're going cool to this song. one. Actually, we should yeah. just, you know, have music now the and cool uh, try to bring people a positive mindset. Right. My gosh, did you hear the guy from OF, o, OFA organizing for America earlier today? He didn't do the OFA any favors, Chris. I'm like, angry. I'm angry. That's <laughs> and, all you and, need and to I know. I got the text messages here from good friends of the show. <laughs> Let's go straight to Felix. Felix, welcome to the show. Hey, What's on your mind? Oh, and you bad guys. Good. No, by all means. You can uh, always do uh, so that lady that said I should look in the mirror. Yeah, I did look in the mirror, but I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I don't know what she was talking about. Well, you know, Felix, I think she was. She confused you and Carlo. I think. Uh, yeah, I, think I think she was. So. I think she was talking about Carlo and not about you. <laughs> but you know, anyway. Nevertheless, you yeah, know. The only the only thing about Barack is it's just depressing uh, about the soldiers. You know, uh, I just think, like I said, I think he's got a lot of nerve mm. uh, coming to address them because they're coming home. But I just wish he would have taken some time out to address those that were brought back in a casket, that he would have been there to greet those and his and their families. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of opportunity that he could have, that he had to, to do a lot of things for the soldiers. There's a lot of opportunity he had to put the people in the Gulf with the oil thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, golf was on his priority. And... You know, that guy's been on more vacations and, and, and more rounds of golf and as president than he's ever probably done as a... Yeah, um, I, th- I think uh, he's taken a pretty close second to George Bush, yeah. I'll tell you. you know, and, 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 you know, for the money that the taxpayers are footing for him to play golf, you would think that he would at least have a better swing. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we don't want to hook that ball out, out in but, the, uh, out in the know, trees. You know, and it's just... It's like I said, it, to me, um, it's just a, a popularity thing. It's just, like I said, it's just for the TV and, and the show that uh, he supports the troops all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, and, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it just it just irritates me. Well, I, th- I think it's important that the troops at least are honored. But, you know, I think what a lot of people don't understand, and, and uh, my girlfriend was over in Korea when uh, Dick Cheney went over there. And I don't uh-huh. think a lot of people realize this about the troops that, like, a lot of the returning troops, when a, a, a dignitary like the president or the United States or the, the, the Secretary of Defense goes to address the troops, there's a group of soldiers that are picked to go listen to them. Mm-hmm. And they have to sit down, sometimes upwards of five to six hours without being able to go to the bathroom, without being able to get out of their chair, without really being able to have the freedom of movement. And yeah. you know, when you're talking about being in Iraq, you know, where it's really hot, that's that's tough. And these people have to sit there, and it's mandatory. They have to go. If they're well, ordered can, to go, they have to go. I just wonder what, how many of all the people, you know, I can understand civilian life. Now that's, you know, they, yeah, that's, they, they go because they want to see the Right, and this, in this situation is a little different. These are returning soldiers that he's going to be addressing, and I think some of them might be interested to hear what he has to say, whether they agree or disagree with him as a yeah. president. I think many of them might be interested to hear what he has to say. Well, and I, I think like, that they deserve all the accolades and honors that, oh, yeah. that, that, yeah. are, that are being given to them. But, right. but just as much as the president deserves to, I mean, El Paso deserves for the president to take to pay attention to just to take the time to give even a, like here. a 10 minute press conference yeah. is all we're asking for you know um, I, all i hope is that 
that there's some sincerity shown. You know, it's not just a PR event. Oh, I agree. Reading. Well, I agree. Just some that. true sincerity. We'll That's be able it. to rate it tomorrow. We'll see what huh? happens. Give us a call tomorrow and let us know how you think if it was I mean, we'll be calling in with some live coverage of the event. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, the only thing I'll be looking for is the Air Force One. I, I'd like to see it coming over the air, and that's about it. Everything <laughs> well, coming over the air, Felix, because they're not going to allow you in. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Hey, take care. All righty. Bye-bye, folks. You know, I, I just – look, it's, I don't want to beat a dead horse uh, – <laughs> Chris, I think we could talk about this some more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The point, the bottom line is this. This is the president's first visit to the area, underscore first, given the amount of areas that this president has visited. And, you know, and we got some critique from the other side on some other shows today going, well, you know, the president, why would the president even come here? We don't even vote. We didn't even vote for him, blah, blah, blah. Look, I don't really care. The point is we're in an international metroplex that matters when it comes to national security, when it comes to the drug violence going on down south. We are a Latino, Hispano capital in America that is currently experiencing a lot of the things going on in terms of racial tensions and mm-hmm. whatever. We're at the forefront of all of these things going on. We're at the crossroads of all of this. And to have the president kind of do a buzz through and not really engage the community, I think is an issue. And I think we can talk about it some more tomorrow and see how people feel about it. I, I agree. I think the major point that I've been trying to drive home today is that the drug war in Mexico is a security issue for the United States. And I think if the president just from look, just think about it politically. The one of the major things that happens with, from from the right in this country is that they attack him for not being strong including moderates, mind you, for not being strong on security or being preemptive, not mm-hmm. just acting in a, in a, in a coercive manner, yeah. but that there is some measure of policy that's being developed that is trying to head off this crisis that's going on in Mexico. And I think one of the things that has to be done, it's got to be dealt with. If he wants to even talk about Plan Merida, talk about that. Just talk about get up and so talk about it. Or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I Let agree us with know you. what's going on. I, I have a feeling Dave's going to want to chime in on this one before we move on to uh, our next subject. Dave, go ahead. You're yeah. on. It's funny that uh, he's coming here to see the troops, but the people that voted for him, he's uh, not going to see them at all. Mm-hmm. That's a, what we're pointing out. Very private reception with the military, and I think it's a dirty shame to to have him come to town here and not see all of his votes. Look, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. Including I think OFA. I, I think the fact of the matter. Well, he gets because he's on the welcoming committee. He gets to meet him. Oh, you know, Carlo okay. gets to meet him. So, the uh, I, I think the major issue here. I understand that the president is a very busy man. I understand that his schedule is full and that he works not seven days a week. More often than not, he works eight days a week. Yep. Thank the you. Fact, the fact of the matter, thank you, Dave. The fact of the matter is, is that even what I'm trying to point out is to take before he gets back on the plane and goes back to D.C. or wherever it is that he's going, that he just take 10 minutes, just 10 minutes to address what's going on in Mexico. I'm not asking for him to talk about El Paso. I'm not him. I'm not asking for him to talk about El Paso winds. I'm not here asking him to talk about the, the situation in El Paso in general. We're Just, not asking him to talk about local politics nothing, either. Nothing, Things nothing that have to do, to with, do that. with his national you know, security yeah, with national Mexico. Security. That's it. That's it. Let's go straight to another call. Jesus, Jesus, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good, doing good. Right. Jesus. I just turned on the radio just now, and, and I, I think we're losing sight of one thing, gentlemen. 
What's that? You know, uh, I'm hearing that you guys have some concerns that he's not here to address our issues locally. No, 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 no. We just said that. We just said that we don't this want is him not to about a local issue. This is not a local issue. The war you're, in Mexico. A, the war in Mexico is not a local issue. What I'm talking about, what's impacting us, and this right now, he's coming here to thank the soldiers for their service. Right. You know, we're losing sight of that. That's primary. That's the, the only thing he's coming for. We, we've and, we've okay. heard that. We've heard that before, and um, we're but, not trying to detract from him honoring the soldiers. Well, I'm not hearing that's it not from something. You guys. That, that's what we we just said it before you tuned in. Okay. Yeah, we've we been talking we about have been talking about this two, for the uh, last two hours. hours, and the fact of the matter is, is we think that the soldiers should have their own conference, that they should be given all the accolades that they deserve. All we're asking for is a separate conference the, 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 dealing with the problem in Mexico. And it's not just that the war in Mexico, that's a misconception that the drug war in Mexico is only affecting border communities. This is a potential national security threat for the entire nation. Right. I, the point I, is, I agree is, with is, you guys, but... Here's the thing. What prompted me to call was a gentleman, uh, one or two callers before, uh, where he said, he, he, and, and the president's here, and now he's backing up. You know, he's, he's always been a strong backer of the military. And, 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 you know, do you know how hard it is? I would imagine none of us know mm. how hard it is to be the commander-in-chief to send young men and women up to their death. I'm sure it's you know, one of the most difficult that, duties of a president. That is probably the most difficult thing. I mean, if you guys haven't seen noticed the pictures of, of him before he got elected and after, look at the gray hairs on that man. Oh, I know. It, it, ages, know, it, it ages every a, president. It ages it, every it president. It takes a great toll on somebody. Now he has to make the decision, okay, he pulled out our soldiers out of Iran. Iraq, we really Iraq. had no business because we got lied to by the administration before right. with weapons of mass destruction, all mm -hmm. that garbage that was there that we swallowed and we were... We, we were sold a hog. Now we've got to go to the reality of it, of moving into Afghanistan. There he's got to make a decision to send troops back, probably the same troops that he's coming to honor and thank for their service in Iran. Oh, for sure. I can guarantee it. Look, I think we actually agree more than we disagree, Jesus, on, not, on well, the things that we're it, talking about. It's just a, it, 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 it kind of riled me up because I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. Sure. Of, and where that other caller said, and now he's coming. Now he decides to thank the door. He, he alluded to the fact that the, that, that the, the president that, that President Obama does not back up the troops. That's hogwash. Well, I, I thank think, you for your service, thanks, Jesus. For, first absolutely. of all, absolutely. And uh, you know, here's 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 what I'll, I'll say. I think that we agree more than we disagree. All that we're saying, Jesus, is when this is the president's first visit to this area, first in his career, uh, in his entire history. I mean, not even back during the days when, you know, he was doing other things, did he make a visit to this area. Now in his presidency, um, you know, the, the thing that he's doing in, in visiting this area is that it is his first time where the spotlight will be on him, particularly on this area. Before, he has never mentioned anything outright significant about the violence going on up and down the border. He hasn't really mentioned anything significant on that matter. He also hasn't mentioned anything significant given the national and international issues going on in places like El Paso or places like Arizona regarding SB 1070. He's been very mute on the matter. All we're saying is, if you're coming to the area and you're not allowing, you know, the public to go see you in the event, you are not, you know, really going to take many questions beyond, you know, this for the troops. It kind of sends a message to the community that you could really care less about the national and international issues that are going on within the community. That being said, there is nothing that should be taken away from the event 
you know, to honor the troops. All we're saying is when you come into a regional area and it's your first time, you better be prepared to not only talk about those things but all the other things. Think about it this way. We are declaring the end of combat in Iraq, but there is a surging violence immediately to the south of Fort Bliss. I mean, that's, well, that's of note. That is that Not is only that, really, but there is, look, there is a, there's a, a kind of dishonest depiction of what's going on in Iraq by the administration as well. We're pulling regular troops out, but we are actually increasing contractor presence there. People like Blackwater and KBR, these are private armies, mercenaries that are going into Iraq. And we're increasing their presence. So combat operations from a technical standpoint as far as our standing army is but considered why, being why drawn are we, down why are we why are we increasing the contractor presence like from from blackwater and other con other uh uh u.s concerns that um, that are hiring the mercs I mercenaries think, you know I think why from, because we have u.s interests now in there we have big business moving that's, into Russia. yeah that's fine but maintain if you're going to do it maintain the presence of the standing army and let them be identifiable but don't say combat operations have well, ended my my biggest concern is that I see where we're not ready to pull out of Iraq. I mean, we're in there. We got we we got we committed, and it's you know it's a vacuum that we've been sucked into, mm -hmm. and there's nothing we can do about it. Right? No, I, I agree. Mean, you look at you look at the and not not it's the way the culture is down there in Iraq with the, with the with the, the people. You know, the soldiers. They they their mentality is is uh they don't. <laughs> They're not singular. They they can't think for themselves. That's not to put them down. But our mentality is well. They're not American. paid to think. I mean, that's what we're not. They're not there to think. They're there to do and follow orders. And that's that's the role of a soldier. I'm talking that's about fine. I'm talk, not, not our soldiers. Our soldiers are very well trained. No, no, I'm not saying situation. they're not. I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying I'm that. Uh, what I'm, I'm talking that, about is, is the Iraqi soldiers that aren't prepared yet. Is, the, as much as our guys have tried to train them, they're not ready to take over. The Iraqi soldiers are soldiers through and through. They are not there to critically think about situation. If you do that, you end up getting shot on the front lines. They are there to follow orders. The problem that I have with what's going on in Iraq in this drawdown, the supposed drawdown, is the, the way it has been covered, not just in, in the national media, but the way it's being portrayed by the administration itself, which is that this is a drawdown to combat operations in Iraq, when in fact the role of KBR, Blackwater, and other contractors in that area is not just exec protect for American corporations in Iraq. They are there in a training capacity for the soldiers. At least be honest about that. Mm. At least be honest about that. That's the most important thing to me. But I don't think it's coming out of uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. dollars. It is. They're being paid by U.S. taxpayers. All contractors that work for the United States government are being paid by the taxpayers of the United States. As a matter of fact, and this is key, the average, the average soldier over in Iraq with combat pay makes close to, with combat pay, mind you, gets a little over maybe, I, th I would say, $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. The average E2, E3 soldier makes about $30,000 a year. When you compare that to what they're being paid, this is being paid by taxpayers. You compare that to the contractors and what they're being paid, the average contractor makes over $100,000 a year. Yep. That's not including combat pay. Jesus, thank you for the call. Let me move on straight to Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Joe, are you still there? Joe going once, Joe going twice, Joe. Give us a call back. I'm um, sorry that we couldn't get to you quicker. If you want to give us a call back before the end of the show, the top of the hour, I will put you straight on. 
I don't know, Chris. I mean, we had this was de this is definitely the topic of current day. I mean, the president visits tomorrow. You and I have had discussion about all of this whole stuff. I mean, national security is a big issue. It not only deals with it's it's a big spectrum of things. A lot of things going on everywhere. It not only deals with stuff going on in the Middle East, like the story we were actually going to talk about today and the fact that, you know, there's questions about is the United States gearing up for the destruction of Iran? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Chomsky, who's your, who you're a big fan of, Absolutely. Uh, have, has, has actually made uh, uh, some statements on this. You know, but it also deals with stuff that it's immediately in our sphere of influence, Mexico, Canada, Latin America. And this Mexico thing's becoming a big, big issue. Absolutely. I think with regard to what's happening um, in, in the grander sphere of things, Iran is just one concern. What we're talking about here is the issue of national security and stabilization right? and whether or not the use of military force is necessarily the best option. Right. That's mm -hmm. one of the debates that we had over Iran. There are cases where it can be made that, yes, this is the best option. But I think it's a furtive debate and dialogue that needs to happen. Right. Right, let's go straight to the phone lines. Two calls. Let's go to Tim and then Scott. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Hector. It's Tim Collins. Hi, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, uh, you know, on this whole issue of uh, President Obama's visit, uh, you know, I've been listening and enjoying your show. But from my perspective, um, since he's only given it basically a couple hours, mm -hmm. his focus ought to be just what they said he's going to do, come in and thank the troops for their work. Mm-hmm. You don't, think, leave it at you don't think I he think ought to address, at least, even if he if he gets on a plane, you don't think he ought to address the national security issues that are going on in Mexico? I think he should come back and do that again okay. in a proper form. You know, if that, I, think I would I, be I just, fine. You know, as ex-military, I'm just thinking, yeah. he's flying in for two hours. I'm just glad he's showing up, even if it's a photo op. Yeah. Somebody in that Tim, audience of troops is going to be happy. Yeah, can. absolutely. Tim, if he, if he chose to do that, I would be in full support of it. I wish that he would make more, you know, kind of... I don't know. I wish that he would admit or acknowledge some of the things ongoing here. And if he did that, that'd be great. Even if it's from the White House, Tim, he doesn't yeah. really do it much from the White House. He doesn't he doesn't acknowledge. We had a state visit from President Felipe Calderon to Mexico and everybody thought, oh, that's when big things are going to come up. I mean, it didn't even come up, but like once slightly during the speech in the Rose Garden. I mean, I just would like for President Obama to, if he's going to come into this community and say, you know, hey, look at, I mean, he really it needs, needs to, to be taken seriously. To it big, needs to be taken spectrum. seriously. That's my point. Yeah. Tim, thank you for yep. the call. I need to go to Scott. Scott, right. welcome to the show. Hey, you guys. Hi, uh, Scott. Oh, hi. Uh, it's always good to talk to the both of you. You know, always have wonderful shows. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I, I just turned it on when you were talking about some of these uh, contractors, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I actually worked for uh, a contractor several years ago um and this was uh at your union or if you <laughs> were watching the union mm -hmm. you probably won't like to hear it but uh you know they use replacement workers all the time to bust up strikes i joined right. one of those crews and these uh these companies are, they're the private contractors but they're run by uh, <clears throat> retired military right and there's right. several of them they do they do jobs all over the world sure. besides uh, busting up unions they yeah are replacing unions, rather. Um, they'll do uh, site security on military bases. Yeah, all they're, the they're the inheritors of the Pinkertons. I mean, essentially, right. that's what they <laughs> There you go. Very yeah. good. Very good. And they do a lot of the recruiting at the Holiday Inn right here. Yeah. 
and they do the briefing on the base. You know, I'm not trying to knock them down, you know. I mean, I've got some good friends that I worked with. Uh, no, uh, I, d- I just I- think that the reality of what's going on there needs to be at least acknowledged. Oh, yeah. here's, you know? here's the thing. Here's the thing. The funny thing, the irony is a lot of, uh, when it comes to you, uh, uh, a lot of these, 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 these contractors uh, <laughs> that bust up unions or bust up, jo- uh, you know, replace unions, a lot of the crew, a lot of them are union. They're already in the union, and they, right. they're not working presently. So they, they, they overlap. They go in and out of these these companies, and, you know, they're it's what all you call, by money. Yeah, they're what you call picked scabs. They're picked there scabs. They're not just scabs. They're picked scabs. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, the uh, the whole thing uh, about the, the pay, you're absolutely right about that. You know, when they, they get paid, there's a company called USA Environmental that, uh, you know, they pay these guys uh, 175000 a year to do mm-hmm. weapons ordnance disposal, mm-hmm. which uh, in the military they'd be making, you know, you know what, 20000 a year if they're lucky. Oh, yeah, you know? and they're making and, over six figures, you know, right. during they, combat they get, operations. They get a lot of flack by um, people in, in the field of operations because, uh, you know, they, they hang out with some of these contractors and say, you know, <laughs> if I was retired, I'd be making what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and um uh, Scott, we appreciate uh, we appreciate your commentary. Just uh, we got to run to break here. Uh, it's the end of the show. You know, one of the things I want to leave with uh, Chris is that I think you and I are welcoming the president to El Paso. We are welcoming him and saying, "Hey, Mr. President, welcome to El Paso. Welcome to Fort Bliss." There's a lot more going on in this city pertaining to your agenda and the issues that are of your concern than what you are here for. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do. Folks, that was another Critical Thought Monday with Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. We can't wait to have you back. And folks, until tomorrow, in Paso America, think big.